Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Oh, I have to write out that that intro every time. I know. And it just says XXX where you put in the show, and every time I think of the movie Triple X. And I've never seen that movie. Uh, which, <laughs> just a side note, I don't know if you've seen the new controversy trying to make Elizabeth Cougar, Elizabeth Cougar, Elizabeth Warren Cougar, that's the new title that she's gotten, because there was this allegation from this young guy saying that he had had a sexcapade. Oh, with, my gosh. Uh, possible President Warren. I'm just waiting. <laughs> but maybe. Um, but uh, on the picture, and, and then it was debunked really quickly because he mm-hmm. had a picture on social media which debunked it. But in there, he had a triple X tattoo. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, if you have a triple X tattoo, there's a lot to be said. No judgment for yeah. me, but yes. Um, we're not talking about triple X today. We're talking about women in the alcohol industry. And this episode has been a long time coming. I actually, like, maybe two years ago, met uh, someone who I fell in love with and thought, oh, I've got to get her on the show. Rightly so. Tiffany Barriere, who you won't hear in this episode, but we do have a part two, kind of, like a cocktail hour um, coming up, and she'll, she'll be in that one. Uh, but just timing and personal thing, all this stuff kept happening and quickening right. away. But then you, yes. you were determined to uh, get a cocktail out of this. Look, <laughs> whenever I can get good cocktails made for me, mm-hmm. I'm going to like take that opportunity 100%. I really appreciated it. You were very gung-ho. You I were was. very determined it was going to happen, and it did. It did, after some emails and some pleading and some gin. Yes. <laughs> yes, it, it, we finally made it. Uh, that, yeah, that's just us making it and getting free <laughs> drinks. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so for this one, we do have two um, experts in the field, shall we say, people who have been working in bartending and making cocktails in Atlanta um, for a while. But we did want to give kind of a brief overview before we get into that. And also, if it's not obvious, if you uh, struggle with alcoholism, probably this is not the episode for you. Right. So we do have some numbers. The U.S. Department of Labor reported that as of 2015, 60% of bartenders identify as female, but they are often relegated to jobs that pay less. Women asked about their experiences have said that they can get a job at a sports bar or a restaurant like Hooters pretty easily. Um, and by the way, a headshot might be a bigger deal than any skill when it comes to cocktails at places like that. Right. And I know that was part of the thing in, I think, L.A., where they would have to have headshots to become yeah. a part of that industry. Oh. Which is okay. <laughs> and a study out of New York found that 60% of bartenders in the city's fine dining restaurants were male, where the money is higher. In family-style dining restaurants, where the money and the prestige is lower, men make up 45% of the bartenders. Basically, women, even though they make up a majority of the bartending workforce, are underrepresented when it comes to these profitable, high-respected bartending positions. And the same thing bears out when you look at people of color. Yeah, and I know I've brought it up before. Uh, I think when I first came on the show, they were like, Annie does another podcast called Saver. You can go listen to her and and some things that relate to feminism on there. And one of the big ones is uh, we did one on uh, tipping. 
Right. And we talked about a lot of this stuff. If you want to go check that out, uh, it's probably the angriest I've ever gotten on a food show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One problem in the way of getting more women working as bartenders has to do with the pathway to becoming one, which is something influential New York bar employees only accidentally stepped into on social media in 2016. Um, A job post for their Singapore location read, Not just a boys club. We are looking for badass cocktail waitresses and supervisors to join our team. Which sounds good. The thing is, it's easier to become a bartender if you start out as a bar back, an assistant behind the bar, cleaning glasses and stocking liquor, than it is from cocktail waiters to bartender. Men are more often hired as bar backs, so women are more often hired as cocktail waiters. This, in part, seems to come from a place of benevolent sexism, the belief that women can't or shouldn't handle the physicality and long hours associated with being a bar back and a bartender. When Taste of the Cocktail held a session on gender issues at their 2016 conference, they found respondents answered that the two biggest obstacles women face when it comes to building a career in bartending were employer biases and customer biases. So many female bartenders have stories of a customer asking her, when will the bartender be there? Asking a male colleague who happens to be behind the bar for a drink. We hear, you're going to hear some examples of that in our interviews um, of people assuming a female-owned bar is owned by a man, of people assuming women got the job thanks to their looks, while men got it thanks to their skill. Getting questioned more about their skills and cocktail knowledge uh, as compared to their male colleagues, or if there are more women behind the bar than men, getting questioned about the agenda of the bar. Which, yeah, which our uh, guests will be talking about more and more. Um, as with most, if not every industry, there is a wage gap as well. The average hourly wage for a female bartender is $12.17 compared to the $13.88 for male bartenders. And this is in the U.S. Right. Uh, so I, I would I would love to hear from listeners from other countries if they have any information on that. Um, another problem women might face, and men too, is sexual harassment in this industry. Some studies have found that women working in hospitality report sexual harassment at a rate that is five times that than of the rest of the American female workforce. This happens on both sides of the bar, customers and colleagues. It's difficult when you depend on tips as part of your income and that customer is always right mentality. Right, and again, I guess do talk about the fine line. Yeah. A customer service and just being like, leave me the hell alone. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the statistics from the U.S. Department of Justice show that outside of the military, the only professions more likely to be targeted for attack are law enforcement and security guards. This is because of the late hours, the dark clothing that is the typical uniform of the bartender, and the fact they are likely to be carrying cash money from tips. Yeah. So how do we get more female bartenders? Some people have been trying to make that happen. There are a couple of projects aimed at getting more women in bartending. In 2011, Ivy Mix and Lynette Marrero started a woman-only bartending competition called Speed Rack. It's grown, now taking place in several cities across the country and across the world. Marrero also founded the New York chapter of Ladies United for the Preservation of Endangered Cocktails. That's a fantastic title. I know. (laughs) Another effort in 2014 called Girls with Bowls, or, you know, (laughs) B-O-L-S, started by Kate Gerwin after she won World Bartending Championship sponsored by the Bowl Spirits Company. Uh, This program matches female bartenders that are starting out with a mentor, mostly women, but sometimes men. And we've talked about the importance of mentors. Yes, Mm -hmm. very, very important, and in in this industry as well. Mm -hmm. And we do hear more and more about that, about how they got pretty much lifted up by someone that they met that taught them more, Mm -hmm. which is also fantastic. 
The founder of another influential New York bar, Death Co., says being intentional about hiring is key. Let's be careful not to stack our staff with all the same kind of people because that doesn't reflect the people who will come into our bars. Yes. Which is obvious. I feel like that's an obvious statement, but yet yeah. seems seems hard. Apparently. Um, but our, our interviewees seem to think that the situation is improving and it is getting more diverse. Uh, but we'll, we'll let them introduce themselves. Let's get into the interviews, but first, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsors. So, yeah, let's just dive right in. Let's do this. My name is Keisha Cyrus. Um, uh, I've been bartending for a very long time, so almost <laughs> 20 years, which is when to say that. Wow. Yeah. Um, I guess I don't know who else was supposed to be here, but I think out of, I would probably be the oldest person in this little group, maybe. But, I mean, I enjoy it, I do. Um, been making cocktails for the started from cocktail server bar back the beginnings of all of that, and then went on to run a couple bars, work with some great people. Um, yeah, that's really it's really, <laughs> and and then I had to fight my way to that now. But um, it's just been really a great experience. I decided when I wanted to do this as a full time career is like when I allow myself to just keep learning instead of just slinging drinks, so to speak. Um, and I think is when I switched to that, my brain just said, I have to learn about it. as much as I can work <laughs> everywhere, not everywhere, but places I thought that were cool. Right. And then build up my resume in that way and my knowledge. So I think I said people would say, did I go to bartending school to get started? No. I just kind of um, fell into it and then loved it. And it just fits my lifestyle, you know, just kind of like being able to meet people. It did, it did help with, I used to be, well, still am, very shy. You can't tell I'm babbling right now, but <laughs> running my mouth. But um, really shy, so that kind of pushed me, like, those first couple of years to kind of really, you know, yeah. it's still it's a struggle. Well, technically, introverts, that's what most people right. think bartender are, and they, it helps when you're standing there, but it's uh, it's really helped me come out of my shell, even the older I get, you know, the more confidence I get in this uh, industry, the more people I meet. So, yeah, I, I dig it. I think it's it's been Good to me. It's been bad, but right. <laughs> there are days when it's so inconsistent. You know, you try to make a living and you work a lot of hours and you're just like tired and you yeah. get burned out and all that stuff. But yeah, it's been yeah, pretty cool. With a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and you know, the, yeah. <laughs> you have to deal with their <laughs> and then you have to deal with your own and then you're at work and you have your coworkers. So yeah, it's, it's all the things sometimes in one, one eight-hour shift. So it's... it's uh, but I still love it. I mean, I've taken breaks here. They're not a lot, but so you definitely need to do that for yourself for sure. So, Katie, please. Hi. <laughs> uh, I'm Katie Deacontill, and I'm the bar manager at Boxcar. Um, I've only been bartending for about six years, but I've always been in restaurants. That's the only job I've ever had. Um, and I ended up behind the bar because at this neighborhood place where I was serving, one of the main bartenders was leaving. Um, and as soon as he announced it, I kind of just like raised my hand. I was like, you don't have to hire a new person. You could just show me how to do it. <laughs> um, and very similar to what you just said, Keisha, I decided I was going to stay when I started learning 
fun, cool things. And I was like, wait, I want to keep learning all this. And uh, I've been with Hopsity for four years almost. Um, and Boxcar is Hopsity's restaurant. Um, so they gave me the opportunity to move up and like take over a bar program on my own. So that's very new for me. Uh, but it's been really cool. And I'm still learning a lot and I'm having a lot of fun with it. That's really cool. Love that. It, it is. Yeah. It was a great opportunity. Keisha, where, where do you work right now? Oh, well. Um, do you want to shout out to whatever? Well, currently I work part-time at Joystick Arcade okay. Bar. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, and then um, I... Like chaos. <laughs> I, I love that work, place, but wow. Occasionally I sometimes work at uh, Steinbeck's in Oakhurst. Okay. Um, I've been, since I went there, I've been uh, helping with them with their cocktail. Pro- it's a small cocktail list, so it's not a big deal because they're mostly like beer, mm-hmm. um, which is cool too. I mean... I worked at a porter for a long time. And that was when I learned, loved, and learned a lot about beer being there. Right. So it's so a little bit about everything because you know, like I said, when you're doing this for a while, you have to take kind of a little break. So my little break is still working two jobs. Right. But not being in charge of a lot of things besides my own destiny, so to speak. So, right. um, yeah. So joystick's great. It is. So I'm not for your joystick. I don't know if any of y'all been there, but it, yes. Okay. I love, I also, I saw there. you at Dragon Con. Like last year? Oh, the panel? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. That was great. But everybody said they were like, we couldn't barely hear you because one, we didn't think the room was going to be that huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was massive. There's like so many people. I'm like, and my voice doesn't carry well, mm-hmm. which is a down, not a good thing for a bartender, but um, <laughs> it was uh, pretty fun. I mean, we talked about things that I enjoyed, like remote, and I was glad that a lot of people showed up. I mean, booze brings everybody in a room, so... From booze. What was the topic that year? Um, it was alcohol and how... What is it? Spirits relating to... And then in movies and science and all that, things like that. and Or what your favorite spirit is. Just a, a general broad term of booze, so right. to speak. Um, I love so was, going to the booze panels. At yeah. <laughs> they, so this one was... Uh, we had five people... Um, and it was great. I mean, I, you picked, you know, whatever you want to talk about the most, what your favorite is. The plan was to try to make cocktails, but once we saw the setup, we're like, that's not going <laughs> to so, so they didn't get to make it happen like I'm making this happen. Yeah. Like we're making this happen. Well, I mean, technically. <laughs> it's mostly you. <laughs> yeah. You did great. Giant kind of get real crazy. So, well, yeah. Yes. So. Uh, I went for the first time this year. Yeah. It was a lot. It yeah. was. I tried to warn her, but, she you did. know. Yes. It was a pretty cool still, you know, yeah. good panel. I, I, two people made drinks. I just talked. That's even awesome. Though, and that was it. So it's a good time. Have you been? There. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I, yeah like you said, with booze event. <laughs> I mean, jeez, that room was packed. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been based in Atlanta the entire time you've been working in bartending? Um, when I became a true professional, I guess I'm going to say it that way, yeah. Um, I grew up in New York and... Um, I worked at a uh, Red Lobster in Long Island when I was going to college out there. Okay. okay. Lobsterigas. I mean, Lobster Lobster Rigas. <laughs> yes. Oh, if you God. asked me about chilies, I would know. <laughs> so, and or Applebee's. Oh, yeah, well, they might as well be. <laughs> They're pretty close. I was going to say, get lobster themed. I know, I was going to say, one seafood yeah. theme and one is not. Okay, fair. <laughs> but they both had those frozen drink machines, so you can't miss. Um, no, so I was just there in New York, and then I came here and. Kind of did that for a little bit. Then I finally that I've just been here right. the most. So well, well, since then and kept going. So I say I used to run. Um, like they say, what Katie like when she said when she got hired from within. I got that my opportunity when one of my mentors and my manager and boss at the time was he was leaving to run up to do his own thing, and I was like, 
I think I could do this. Yeah. I could run this restaurant right now. And and I did for four years. It was great. Wow. So it's not, yeah, it was pretty cool. So <laughs> keep doing. Like I said, it is a learning experience. So Yeah, definitely. Are you, have you been based in Atlanta the majority of the time? I yes, I am an Atlanta unicorn. I was born here. I oh, it is. never left here. I still live here. I went to uh, Georgia State, and every time someone from outside of the city meets me, they're like, "Oh my God, you're from here?" Yes, I am. That's so sweet. Yeah, and I, my first restaurant job was in college, and the my really good friend's mom, who also happened to be our lunch lady when we were little kids, had a family seafood restaurant uh, nice. in Decatur, and that was my first job. And that's also on the low because I was not yet 21, um, <laughs> where bartender friends started like teaching me things about drinks and making drinks and stuff. Like after hours, I was like, ooh, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and then like kept paying attention right. at each next job. So both of you were talking about how you really got into it. What was it about the alcohol like industry and the art of creating cocktails. What was it that was like, yes, this is fascinating. I want to keep learning. There's more to learn. Weird um, question. No, it's not a weird question. I just have two like two totally different answers. Because the first thing, like the reason that I raised my hand and was like, hey, will you teach me how to bartend? Um was mostly just because I hate waiting tables. Um I really <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have the worst over like it. you mentioned earlier like being an introvert, but having the bar barrier and like that feeling of being safe behind your bar barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw it and I was just like, yes. <laughs> um, also, the bartender that was teaching me at the time, we were really good friends and I was like, I want to work with you. Yeah. Um, but then after that, uh, I think that I realized at some point when you realize that there's more than just like Jack Daniels and Captain Morgan and that you can get other things and that it's so diverse and everything tastes different and then you start putting things together and then that tastes different. Like, yeah, definitely like the alchemist part of it. Like once yeah, yeah. I realized mm-hmm. how cool that can be, I was like, yeah, I want to keep doing that. Right. Yeah, uh, same thing. Just um, when I was learning, in the beginning, of course, I made all the, all the things, Long Island's whatever, but when you do start to get into books or reading or you are around people who are really passionate and excited about it, you feed off of that. And yes, I got into it because I was like, bartenders make more money. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, that was like, okay, if I'm going to work at a restaurant, I kind of want to work in a position where I could make more money and I could, I could just kind of just be here. And it feels a little bit more intimate in a way. That's why I probably get along best with people because I feel like I'm just having a one-on-one conversation instead of trying to wrangle in like a 12 top or something. Right. But, um, yeah, and then I just, once I started, when I worked at Emeralds, when I was here, I just got it deep into, like, all the things that they had going on, wine. I did wine for a long time. I didn't become a sommelier just because I just, I couldn't do it. I mean, I wanted to. I'm just bad at, I always make the excuse I'm hard about taking tests, but <laughs> I was great at drinking wine. But the, <laughs> yes. after that, you know, the learning and being excited when things come out and you meet people who are really all about it. That just gets you really amped to just keep pushing. And yeah, and that was it for me. I just kind of wanted to keep going. And and then when I was, I mean, there's not really much to it. That's, that's really that simple. <laughs> the money and then keep learning and right. like the cool people you meet and how it's flexible. Like people who go to school part-time, mm-hmm. you can still kind of have that shift in your schedule. Right. So that really helped. It keeps you free to do whatever sometimes. Yeah, that so. availability. Mm-hmm. 
Nice. And flexibility. That's always yeah. good. So yeah. with the beginnings of things, was there one specific cocktail or something that you created or helped create or whatever, or just made? Maybe something that's a classic that made you go, ooh, I didn't know this could be like this. I want to keep going and do my own thing. Mm, I don't know. I'm trying to think something classic. Well, I always like to stick to the classics. I just always go back to it. Right. Um, but when I was managing a, a bar manager at Repast uh, a long time ago, our chef, she was Japanese. And I was always excited about what she was creating in the kitchen that I got excited about using things like she was like, we have to have shochu in the menu. I was like, yes, let's do it. So I did a whole shochu menu okay. for that. Like, between myself and my other bartender, we were like, let's make a couple. And once I started doing, like, the flavors, how they're so different, um, that to me, I was really proud of that because she was excited about it and I thought everybody was like, wow, this is a great thing to challenge yourself for. But, I mean, I go back to, like I said, I try to be a purist where I stick to the classics all the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I always make a great Sazerac or awesome Negroni and people are like, man, that's so balanced because you never know what you're going to get when you go to some place. Right. People try to test you, but you're like, Okay. <laughs> well, it's make... like drinks like that are like the perfect test, right? Yeah. Of like, do you actually know how to bartend or are you going to mm -hmm. mess up the easiest drink to make, which is also at the same time not the easiest drink exactly. to make? Yeah. So, you know, when you got it, people are like, oh man, that's so great. I'm like, it should be a, a bartender's go to, like, make me something. I'll make you something that's simple, that's a classic, that's always, I think, should be always done properly. Right. And that's how. You know, kind of get into that arena, but I don't know about you, Katie. Well, you said classics, and when, Sam, you asked the question, the first two things I thought about were not necessarily things that I, like, loved to make, but mm -hmm. they stick out in my memory from when I was learning, which is martini, when I realized that it's not as scary as I thought it was, <laughs> um, and uh, Sazerac, I think, the f like, the first couple of times that I made each one of those, and it was, like, right— and tasted mm -hmm. good, and the person that asked me and, like, totally threw me off my game uh, were like, yeah, that's great, thank you. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> that means I can do this. It's yeah. not as bad as I thought. Yeah, those two, like, definitely stuck out. So you both, so I don't know what a Sazerac is. What is that? It's a classic cocktail that started in New Orleans, mm -hmm. and it's another one that's, like, four ingredients. But yeah. if you get the measurements wrong, it will taste terrible. Yeah. Maybe not terrible, but it won't be right if it you just yeah. get the measurements wrong. And it's um, rye whiskey, lemon expression, sugar, absinthe, patience. Yeah, and like that's, that's it. it. Absinthe. Yeah, I mean that it, sounds scary to me. I'm not gonna lie. Oh no, absinthe is Amy's, so fun. Yeah, making faces at me. And you were talking <laughs> about the menu creation. What now? What? Types of drinks you say was goes with the Japanese. Oh uh, well, thing. it wasn't well shochu, shochu, which is oh, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, all right. So and it's uh, where uh, sake is rice, shochu is more like potato. Um, so there's they tend to be sometimes really funky or just kind of one that tastes one that tastes like cherries or like a light cherry blossom. Ooh. So oh, it was so cool. Yeah, it was it was great to even do that tasting because you just you learn so much from somebody and then you're like, man, this is great, and then you just you realize your palate's now onto something different, and that was really fun for me. So, yeah, shochu's fantastic. Yeah, I'm doing a drink with sochu for our fall menu, and, mm -hmm. but then also, like, learning, like, tasting things right next to each other that mm -hmm. are all technically the same. Yeah. Doing that with agave spirits right now, that's what I'm trying to learn about right now. Mm -hmm. Like, mezcal, tequila, ricea, sotol. I'm like, holy crap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're all so different, and it's they're still all from essentially 
the same spot, the same yeah. plant, and yet they all taste completely different. Yeah, that's a that is the thing. I always tell people they always go, "What is like tequila?" I was like mezcal, and I go, "It's the process. It's the same thing, but it's right. just the different process of making. It. It's, it's going to taste different. It's from a different part." You got to give them a, a quick dissertation on that mm-hmm. spirit before they they're convinced to trust you to try it. And like, but it's it's a good experience for me anyway. I'm like. I'm obviously fascinated. I'm like, what is what is that? What is that? <laughs> cool. Um, so one of the things on this show, and I I feel like maybe you've alluded to some of the things, but what is it like being a woman in this industry? And especially, like, how has that changed or has it changed? Um, okay, well, since I've been doing it quite some time, it's in the beginning... It was kind of hard. I didn't see a lot of female bartenders when I was really kind of, I mean, I, there were a few out there that was really, very few. Like, maybe I would go to a bar and there's like, one girl or one lady that was back there. Um, but you would see, like, girls or would work at bars that, you know, if their boobies are out or whatever, or they're, they're kind of, I said boobies like I'm 12, but they're <laughs> <laughs> work Or they work at, like, old divey places because they've been doing a long time. Those were kind of bartenders that were just kind of, like I said, slinging drinks, which is fine. Right. You know, you're making your money, you're doing yeah. your job, and I, I totally get it. I'm going to be probably be an old lady too someday. But, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, not So, um, I never really saw somebody who's doing a craft part of it when I was really coming up. So, and I, I had to, my mentors were, were guys, which was fine. You know, they took me in their wing, and it was really cool. And then the, the, the different layer for me was because I was also a black female, like, that was another thing I had to kind of push through to convince people that I actually knew what I was talking about. Right. You know, or, you know, you do get men that don't believe you know anything about scotch or because mm-hmm. one, you're a girl, and then also, who are you? You know, my name is Keisha, okay, not your typical bartender type, but trust me, I know, and I have to, It's for a while it was a, um, a struggle to convince people to trust what you're saying and doing. Mm-hmm. Every day was a debate. I was like, come on, can I just wow. make this drink? So it wasn't, you know, after I just got, you get over it. Because you you already know what the those that day and that step is going to be, so it's kind of like whatever. But luckily, you know, I mean, I'm not regular, so I know people that know like to say he just made me something. It's totally cool. But for a while there, it was yeah. It t- it takes a bit to get people to trust that you know what you're talking about as a woman. Well, yeah. and I could stand there next to a dude. We're both working, and I'm like, I just trained that kid. Yeah. Why are you asking him questions? <laughs> I mean, no, go ahead and ask him questions. So I was like, I'll go, please. Feel free to, <laughs> and then they'll defer to me, and I'm like, whoever was like, well, she's actually my boss, so, <laughs> you know, so it just kind of, so it just takes a while for people to even curl like this. If you're standing next to a guy, they'll automatically look at that guy, and, and yeah. I'm like, all right, right, I'll be over here. <laughs> I'm going to talk to people who actually don't care about that stuff. Right. So. That's definitely true. That have, like getting people people to realize that you know what you're talking about is mm-hmm. definitely a thing. And there were times at, because I worked at the Hop City Krog before I started at Boxstar, and there were definitely times when the oh, man standing right next to me was like, they just, like I wasn't even there, and they'd just look right to him. And to my friend that I worked with, to his credit, he would usually be like, she knows more about that. Don't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but definitely get that like look past you mm-hmm. or like weird condescending remarks about like oh oh so you're in school right now like no this is my job (laughs) this is what I do but definitely like people 
not just trusting that you know what you're talking about. And sometimes even in like really polite backhanded ways where like they ask me a question and then I answer the question or like I bring you the drink that you're asking me about of what I talked about and then they take a drink and you're like, oh yeah, you're right. You really do know what you're talking about. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I do. <laughs> it's literally my job yeah. to give you what you want in the right way. Like, yes, I didn't just make it up. I mean, I usually come face. back with a, I mean, do you want a dum-dum back here or do you want something you can have a conversation with about something that you're into? I mean, I it's you can't have it one way, you know, where there's somebody back there who knows what they're doing, they're making something, and then you want to be confident that person's going to do you right. You're spending, what, 12 bucks for a drink right. or whatever, yeah. $8 maybe, but whatever it costs, trust and believe. I mean, not to say they probably have not had a bad experience, right. but if I'm already starting off with this dialogue, then it's totally fine. Let's yeah. just keep going. But even when it's not me, because... The bar where I am now is a surprisingly balanced between men and women who are working behind my bar, which is really nice. Yes. Um, but I either overhear or have some of the young women that I work with, like people say, I need to I need to order from the bartender. She's like, yeah, that's me. Like, do you want a drink? Because I could just <laughs> go to, to the other customers and ignore you. Mm-hmm. Like when she's clearly the only person working, like, you know, like yeah. st- just dumb stuff like that where they're just like, no, no. I need, I need the bartender. Don't yeah. know who you're looking for. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Sometimes reps, too, especially in the beer world. Right. Just, like, go find the dude that's around. Yeah. I'm like, hey. Yeah, buying know, beer. I also know about beer. What's mm-hmm. up? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can imagine buying beer is kind of rough because those guys, they're always, like, beer guys. They're, like, either burly or kind of dudes or whatever they're doing. And, and they just never, they, when we start talking about beer, I'm, I'm sure Katie's even more. Uh, on top of this than I am, but they still can't believe that. I'm like, yeah, I have to buy this. I have to know what I'm talking about, you know, and there's no, I'm not just here because they couldn't figure it out. I don't know. It, I don't know what they want from right. me, but it's, it's just not a thing. I also, I wish there was more points of view of like other women that were, since all the ladies were here, so they could tell you probably their experience as well because I'm sure there's something that if it hasn't happened to me, somebody either had, I'm sure there's a grab ass situation somewhere. Oh, totally. Right. Or, you know, I don't dress like somebody, like, because so I never have my thing hang out. So people's like, you're very concerned about it, or maybe you make more tips. Somebody said, I would make more tips if I had my chest. I was oh, like, I've been told that. I've been told like, you'd make more tips if you could, if you showed your cleavage. Yeah. And I've been told you'd make more tips if you smile more. And I've been told, like, oh, all the smiling of that thing stuff. Is, I'm like, do you smile constantly at your computer, at your cubicle while you're working? Like, if I'm not directly talking to someone, I'm right. probably not just, like... <laughs> like, like a crazy person. Yeah, like, point. if I'm just over in the well making drinks straight and the other bartenders are taking care of the guests, I'm probably not smiling. Right. Yeah. And it's a, it's a fine line because you're, like, you're in hospitality, so you want to convey, you want to give off that positive energy or vibe or, like, you're having a good time. But that doesn't mean that, you know, you're consistent. You're going to look like a weirdo. Just yeah, always. Right. It's not... Yeah, it's a joker you know, smile in the corner. Yeah. Also, your face gets tired. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, now, Katie, I'm going to look at you every time I come to the bar and hope that you're doing finger guns at everyone else. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I, not fun. I got finger gunned by a customer one time at, at a different job, and he called me sugar 
And oh. it was real weird. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it was great. That's that beautiful. is that typical phrase that you use just to make fun of. Like that's the overlay. No, it was real life and it oh. happened to me. Wow. And I've been, I've been, uh, I mean, I don't know if you've had the same thing because we're both tattooed on our arms. I've had people like grab my arms. Yeah. They're like, oh, let me see that. Oh, yeah. Just like, I'm yeah. like, oh, we're touching. Okay. Um, I don't know why right. you could. Let me see what's going on oh there. My gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, uh, yeah, I had this. I had somebody stand up, again, different job, like many years ago, but someone stood up in his bar seat, reached over the bar, and grabbed my coworker's hair while she was like bent down grabbing something on the other side, like on her side. Oh, wow. And everyone that was working, like record scratch. <laughs> and we were all just like, oh, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> you need to sit down and leave. Right. Just yeah. leave. Just leave. Like, yeah. get out. Wow. So with that, obviously you guys have touched a lot into this. How, how do you handle when it comes to harassment? And do you see that being, is it getting worse? Is it getting better? Like, how do you see that in the industry today? I mean, I wouldn't say it's getting worse. I mean, I think it's getting sort of better because, yeah. it, I mean, it just because obviously you've been doing this for a while, I I don't get into confrontations with a lot of people. If something like that happens, I try not to be confrontation unless somebody's throwing a bottle at my face or something, which doesn't really happen. I'm just saying. <laughs> a homeless lady <laughs> did like, it once. Well, what? a homeless lady did it once, but that was neither here nor there. But um, I just, what I do is just kind of tell them to leave um, or... I've, I don't really, or I just ignore them for the rest of the, the time that they're there. Right. I mean, if yeah. it doesn't get too out of hand, I'll just be like, yes, and now I'm done with you. And I'll yeah. pass off to somebody else. So that's how I kind of, I'm I the guess, same way. I'm not, I just don't want to. I'm not confrontational. And when I get, when I get genuinely upset, I often like freeze a little bit. Yeah. Like my brain stops. And I'm like, what do I do? Um, but it is usually, it's like, all right, you, you just have to leave. Mm-hmm. Like if you're bothering bartenders or customers or whatever, like, you just have to leave. Right. So I actually had an incident in, 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 when I, I worked at a, a brewery in which one of the contacts was an older white gentleman mm. uh, was there at an event that, whole big story, but he started um, <laughs> calling me Oriental Girl and thought it was funny. Oh, my God. And as Jeez. a way of flirting with me, and this was his thing, oh, and that, he would, like, that, yeah, yeah. So he kept screaming it at not... me, he kept screaming at me about it, and finally I just got to the point because I was told he couldn't leave. Uh, oh. Like we couldn't ask him to leave necessarily, uh, that and all that had a whole different thing um, by one person. And then of course my female manager was like, "No worries, I'm kicking his ass out." Yeah. <laughs> so I will say that. But at the beginning, when all that was going down, all I could do was like try to ignore him. Mm-hmm. But he kept screaming at me, and I didn't know what to do. Have you guys had any incidents in which a you didn't have the support, or you did have the support? What is the usual reaction from your bosses, let's say, in those situations? And if you didn't, what was your reaction to do it? How did you handle that situation? And and even for you as a person of color, how do you handle when it was obviously something that that's not experienced by everyone? Mm-hmm. What do you do? How do you react? And how, I mean, have you gone through that? Maybe you haven't. Maybe it's just me. Um, <laughs> well, no, I haven't had somebody like, like just start yelling about anything in particular or just being a complete... Dick, excuse my language, but <laughs> That's word. but yes and no because they're right. drunk and they're drinking whatever. Right. So again, I would ignore them until it was time for them to go. Um, and luckily, even though the whole thing, the customers or guests are kind of weird. Right. Sometimes when you work with good people, they will, and it's such a liberal job. People just will be supportive of you regardless. Like they'll just either have your back until I've never not had a manager not stand up for me if That's I awesome. said that guy is being. 
weird. Or mm-hmm. uh, like, say I work at Joystick now, and I was just standing there at the jukebox, just like because my coworker was like, play a song. So I'm like, okay, cool. I go over there, and some dude just comes up and feels free to grab my butt. So mm-hmm. I was like, so I turn around and grab him. I'm like, you're out of here. And he goes, oh, what do you mean? Why are you grabbing me? I was like, because you just grabbed me. You know, like kind of like a really, I'm like, I'm not going to fight it a guy or whatever because I shouldn't have to. So I was like, right. all right. So luckily, there's support where we had security. But I could like him, you know, get right. him out. So it, it it helps when you do have people that you work with that are willing to just, don't even ask questions. They know you felt right. a certain way. Don't want to have a discussion. You need to leave. So yep. luckily, yeah, I've been in a situation with people that have been supportive because I am also a woman of color. Sometimes it is, I've been the only one in the room. Right. And right. Yeah, I try to, you know, I maintain a very even keel kind of demeanor because right. then there's, there's a whole other side <laughs> thing with that too, you know. Then all of a sudden you're, you're preconceived of you're seen as this person at right. that bar and, you know, you kind of have to carry that balance, you know. Of right. Because if you're not, you're, you're, um, and then you're a just, bitch and you're, you're not yeah. friendly enough. And yeah, you're like that one, yeah. Yeah. Angry black person at the, in right. the restaurant. You're right. like, well, I don't. Now I gotta be. Are you gonna put me in this box? Okay. Right. It's just yeah. So uh, there's a whole other section so of, to that. Oh, it's so many. It's it just in general working at a restaurant, working behind a bar. Guess sometimes coworkers. Right. You know, so you right. just never. You have to realize or try to figure it out somehow. Right. So, huh? Yeah, I've been lucky too of having backup. Not recently in my life. Definitely, like, managers always had our back. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, sometimes I worked at places that had really crappy managers, but the other people that I worked with right. were definitely, like, that dude sucks. Right. He's got, like, you know, especially at, like, more, if you are at, like, a more divey place where you, your manager's probably not around anyway, and it mm-hmm. probably is just the bar staff who are technically running the restaurant for the night. I'm like, no, that dude's gone. Like, this guy sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, right. Exactly. And definitely been lucky with good male counterparts and friends that I worked with who were like, no, you, you're, awesome. you're with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that, that is great. Uh, it's, it's, uh, and you're right, because I work at Joyce because it's, our managers aren't always there at night. So you have to kind of, we have, there's always a united front. So mm-hmm. no right. matter what, it's right. going to be us against you always because you're not going to be here at the end of the night, right. you know, so. Yeah, I've, I have, I personally have physically removed Dudes from bars, mm-hmm. which was weird, as I was like a baby, like, <laughs> grabbing people, like you have to go, get out of here. Which now I'm at a point where that's someone else's job, but yeah, that's nice. But it, and I feel like it's mildly important that I had to do it at some point to like be the one that was like, no, you're gone, right? Yeah, I usually just hold the door open <laughs> until they leave. Like, uh, oh, I like I like grabbed a dude by the shirt, like with two hands, and was like pulling him. Because oh, he man. Would, well, because he wouldn't leave a table. Like it was, it was a whole thing. Like he had, <laughs> he had to be physically removed because he was not going to leave on his own. Wow. Oh my god, that's kind of scary. Also, I was going to say, and do they take you seriously? Like if you're the one, be like, I need you to leave. Oh no, he do- super didn't take me. Seriously. Yeah, I had to remove him twice, and then um, my other bartender, the guy that taught me how to bartend, then he removed him, and he's much larger than right. I. So that that worked mm-hmm. out. But so it took to that point to finally figure out. All right, dude, yeah. you really really have to get out. Just to say, I did get support at the end, but it was a really weird. My yeah. little experience was so weird. It threw yeah. me off so badly that I was like, this is so... Because I'm also, as y'all talked about, being in the bartender thing, I feel like I have to... I don't, I'm not that part of that much anymore, but I have to be overly entertaining. Mm-hmm. So therefore, that I can get 
those mm-hmm. tips. Yeah. <laughs> right. And get that money. And, you know, there's of course. that, like... And that seems to be, like, an open invitation for the yeah. level of boundary crossing yeah. that, and that happens in that industry, which is, like, how do you balance that for yourself? Yeah, I will. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just still I, I learning know. how to do it. It's, it's, I guess, when you're over, I don't know, overly friendly, I guess say that, or you're doing your, you're just being right. a regular person, nice person doing right. your job. You know, sometimes there are guys who do take it where they, like, think you're flirting to mm-hmm. whatever. Right. Or, you know, they'll, st- all of a sudden they want to get your phone number. I'm like, right. this, no, it's not, we're not on a speed date. <laughs> I'm having a conversation because you're maybe one of two people at the bar. Right. You know, this right. is a chat. You know, it would be weird if I'm just not talking to you at all. Right. But, yeah, and then, but nothing too, too much. I don't think I've had too much of experience where it gets extra weird. I mean, right. I try not to go there with people that come to my bar. So, I don't know. Kind of, just kind of shove it off. It only, it happens far and few between. Right. I, I mean, I let that happen far and few between. Okay. I won't let it happen to Fair. begin with. So. Yeah. I'm definitely still learning how to balance that, like, because I am not an overly friendly person. Like, I am also an introvert. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm not the person to immediately just like go make a new friend or like yeah. go walk to a stranger and like start talking, um, which is <laughs> bad because it's kind of my job. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely still learning that balance of like just nice enough all the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> but not so nice that it's like you're not the only person that I'm serving tonight. Yeah. Like, right. That's a thing too. Like the the art of nicely walking away. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like I, I did the back of the slow, yeah. walk behind. Like, okay, and then I, I was like, this, now. this thing. <laughs> I was, it was my training, and you, you brought this, like, you must learn the art of how to disengage. Like, yeah. walk away, because what's going to happen is you're going to lose people, you know. Right. It's a, it is a balance between being friendly and nice to people at the bar, but knowing that you have to cut them off at one point, because some people are really into it. They want to talk to you about everything, all the spirits, all the stuff, and I love it, and I think it's great, but, you know, it's a... It's a lot when you have to do that with, like, then the next five people at the same time. Right, right, like, yeah. Everybody bringing in close. I got this to say. <laughs> you talk to this guy. I've known bartenders Share who Share what you learned. Yeah. <laughs> I've worked with bartenders who know how to bring a room together, and it's very impressive. I love it. Like, this is such and such, and I, it's great. It's a, it's a great skill. I'm just like, you. Oh, that's something that I'm not truly envious of, but that, that skill of, like, being that person behind yeah. the bar, like bringing people together. But I'm also learning, um, I really love it working with those people because I can be like, cool, go make our tips. I will make <laughs> every service cocktail that comes to the bar tonight. Yeah. And you will be the bright, shiny sunflower that everybody loves. And it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. And let's just be that team. <laughs> yeah. I've been on that team. You've been on that team. We have a little bit more of our interview, but first we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Let's jump back in. Well, I love that piece of advice, like the art of disengaging. Do you have any advice for listeners who are thinking about getting into cocktails more or just things that you would wish you wish you had known? Well, get into making cocktails? Mm-hmm. Um, just the same thing we've been saying. It's like if you 
if you like to drink because you're like, I want to be a bartender and I like drinking, that's probably not the best way to get into it. <laughs> because so me, no. <laughs> got it, got it. Well, only because then you're just there to drink booze. And I, trust me, I can drink, but it, I didn't start yeah, off. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't start off going like, I just want to be back there so I could try all the booze. You know, that's, don't do that. Um, then the second thing is also if you love, you genuinely care about, not care about spirit, but if you are interested in what spirits are and where they're from and just the whole process of, because it's a deep dive when you get into it. You could go. So, so that's always a great thing. So I, I think if you're willing to put the work in, I that's my only advice. Didn't go for it. I, I took, like I said, and also it's a great way to keep your things flexible, your mm-hmm. hours and your your social life. Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> social life is kind of a hard balance too, but you just have to know how to work it in there. Somehow. I was going to say, I know a lot of people in the industry who are constantly like gone in opposite schedules of everybody else. So that seems like not necessarily yeah. all the time most advantageous. Yeah, yeah just uh, just if you just, you just got to figure out the balance. That's really my only advice is if you're willing to learn, put in the, the hours and the time and learn how to balance your work and social life, then you could probably do it. I mean, stop. <laughs> so we're not out here building, a, you know, Teslas or, well, we're not here building rocket ships. But it's, oh, a, it's Wait, I like Teslas. So let's I go with that one. Okay. I know, because I just kind of want to see what make one. Yeah. So, uh, I, think that, I think that's really good. And then go, go out a lot, but not necessarily in like a party way. Yeah. But in a way to observe. So like go st- and don't sit at a table, sit at the bar. Mm-hmm. And good. order something that you've never had before and then watch them make it. Mm-hmm. And then if they're not busy, <laughs> ask them questions. Like if it's chill and they mm-hmm. seem like they have time to talk to you a little bit mm-hmm. and you're genuinely interested, be like, okay, so like, do you mind if I have a tiny taste of that spirit? Like I've never had that before. And also... Google, man. The internet is so <laughs> helpful. Because I didn't I didn't learn how to bartend in bars that were doing any sort of craft cocktail. So when I wanted to learn about it, I did it on my own until I met people and got involved with stuff where that was happening. And I learned a lot of stuff from watching other bartenders who were really good at what they were doing, tasting their drinks, mm-hmm. and like buying books or going online or trying to find out stuff. And then once I started doing it that way... It started happening more at work and like that's a great way to do it. If you do go sit in front of somebody who you, you've seen and are like killing it, whether making how to make drinks or how to kind of work the room, so to speak, then you should definitely go sit at that person's bar and definitely ask them questions. It's it it does help because they inspire you when As, you see their They thing. really do. And especially like little things like just like techniques, not even mm-hmm. necessarily recipes or ingredients oh, yeah. or spirits or anything, but like watching people like I'm like I said, I've only been bartending for six years, so I'm 100% still learning all the time. And just watching people who are clearly professionals and be like, oh, I never thought to do it that way. And then ask why they did it that way. And there's definitely a reason. Like it's not, mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't just make stuff, <laughs> make stuff up for no reason for the most part. Yeah. Um, there's usually a good reason for like a particular way of doing something. Um, and then putting that in your catalog and using it next time you go back to work or to make a cocktail or also home bar. It's really good to have like a laboratory at your house. Oh, okay. Yeah. I super, I have a lab at my house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, lab, finger air quotes, yeah. lab. But like I have a home bar with a bunch of stuff and I do a lot of research and prep and testing at home 
because when you're at work, you're busy. Right. Yeah. That's why sometimes I say when you're not doing, when I'm not working, sometimes I'm working, I'll, like, say if I'm off today, I'm not, I'm not here. If I'm thinking about a drink, I will go to work to try to make it. Okay. Because I'm not working, so I know I don't have to worry about doing stuff. So right. I could just be like, well, I know these are things I need, and they're all at that bar. So I've I've done that. Just drive to work. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to make this, this, and this. Yeah, I've and done then, but and then you're like, well, there goes my day because that's what I have to make stuff. <laughs> or and then you inevitably end up either sitting at your bar or like a friend's bar, and then like that's the other half of your day. Yeah, then you're like, well, I'm not gonna. Well, this is it. I'm, you're you have a nice buzz on from all the drinks right, you've been like, testing, and it's like rush hour now, so clearly you might as well have to sit here. Yeah, sit there. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, that's how usually sometimes days end up. But hey, yeah. that's the best way. In my world. So out of curiosity, because um, we were talking about all of the people and the mentors, how do you do you think that the industry has been more and more inclusive of women of color, of women in general, of the LGBTQI? And if not, what way could we be more, or could they as an industry be more inclusive? Or are they doing a good job? As a little, as the bar baby at the table, I feel like lately, like in the last few years, I feel like I see a lot of women um, in bars in Atlanta. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, like I said earlier, I'm. this is the only, <laughs> it's the only place I know about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I see a lot more than when I was younger lately. Um, and bar programs and heading bar programs and, um, like, a lot of the people that I look up to and, like, go sit at their bar or, like, learn are women in the city. Like, there's obviously there's men as well. But yeah. I've thought about, I sat down and thought about it the other day. And, like, a lot of the people who I really... Admire what they're doing, or women. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so because even women who, way back when, like the few that were doing it, like say back in the eighties or even before that, there's you could probably find one book, and there's all five of them in that book yeah. <laughs> that runs from like the twenties to like eighty eight. So like like there's one was a Ida Coleman who did the hanky panky thing. She's in a book, and she's <laughs> that was it. That's the other one. The other one I knew after that was. Or Audrey Saunders from like the eighties, mm-hmm. and that I mean, there's this huge gap. I'm sure there's ladies in between all of that, right? But you know, she became, she does like the, the Pegu Club in New York, and she's worked with Dale DeGroff and all these guys. That, and but she had to work her way into just being that probably that one female at the time that was even doing anything because I we don't hear any other names for a certain points. And I mean, I know I'm not the biggest cocktail historian, so I'm just throwing a couple of names out there, but. I guess now it is more inclusive. There are definitely bars where, you know, there uh, the LGBTQ uh, community is, you know, very present, and there's bars where there are only women. Mm-hmm. Like, where was I? One night I was working at Ration Drum, and I was working with another girl. I was like, "Is this an all-girl staff tonight? Oh my god, this is so great!" Because I we got another lady in, and we had like two girl service. So it was like ladies' night. Nice. And it was, it was really, it was, was right. It was, right. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. We, it, we just had so much fun. It was just kind of like this thing. So yeah, I guess you're right. It's getting to a point where there are a lot of female bartenders nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, there was a competition I went to a couple of weeks ago where the females dominated the, pretty much the whole competition. Awesome. I don't know if you went to that DAC office. I was about to say, was it the DAC office? Yeah. I didn't go, but I heard about it. But it was like, there was probably, I don't know if there's equal amount of guys to girls, but they just took out the boys one by one <laughs> until the last person was left. I was like, this is pretty awesome. It's awesome. It, t- it took a while for for that to be a thing, but one, for ladies to be in competitions quite a bit. Because uh, even when I, I don't do a lot of, that's not really my bag. Uh, uh, some of my competitions just 
don't know. I just don't, I can't. I don't I don't enjoy them. I just get too nervous. Right. But um, yeah, it's it's very much more inclusive. They the um, there's a thing I I went to another one. I wish Tiffany was here because she was a judge at this one, where it was like all gay bartenders. Like, oh, nice. So it was really cool um, to see something like that. Because, um, you know, even that, I've never seen that before anywhere. Like, it was just, granted, it was mostly men, which I was like, well, come on. But <laughs> it was still, you know, it was just a, that that was a thing. Right. Which was pretty cool. And they got, who, the guy who won got a cool prize. So it was really amazing to kind of see that. That's awesome. So, yeah, I guess maybe a nice upwards kind of a deal, but still. That's hopeful. Yeah. And the bars <laughs> I go to, if I, I've, it's always straight white males back there. Yep. And I'm just like, no, no, nobody. Okay. <laughs> cool, cool. And it's cool. I mean, right. it is what it is. I mean, I'm not going to go back there and start throwing out political statements at a bar while I'm drinking. Probably That's not fair. the best idea. No, not the best idea. But my next it doesn't combine. <laughs> it doesn't combine well, huh? No. Um, and then uh, just to give you a one-liner, what's your the worst drink to make? To make? Yeah. When you when a bar, when a person comes in and says, mm-hmm. I want this, do you, what makes your eyes roll? So I know. To okay, ask every so time. I feel like the I, f- I feel like <laughs> I have a... two different Yeah, I don't know. Because well, there's so many drinks like if you'd asked me like four years ago, I would have said one thing and now mm-hmm. I'm like, No, who gives a right. it's fine. I don't know if there's anything that I like is hard to make, but things that I'm tired of making. Yeah. Long Islands and Lemon Drops, just because they're really boring. <laughs> I and, I, and, I, and not because, and like, not to like, yuck your yum or whatever. That's such a dumb phrase. I'm sorry. Is that what? That, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. What? Didn't make that up. That's a thing. What? Okay. I feel, I, yeah. I keep, every time I do interviews, I feel like there's one phrase it's, that I'm like, what is this phrase? It's like the suburban mom version of saying like not to kink shame. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like if you like Long Island's cool, whatever. But. It's just really boring. Right. Like it doesn't really taste like anything. Lemon drops don't really taste like anything. Mm-mm. And I and I think the the main reason is because like I took so much time to build this menu. Yeah. <laughs> just order something that I made. Please, they're really good. They wouldn't be on this paper if right. I if they weren't good. But it's mostly stuff like that that I just want people like Tiffany was saying the other day, about like, let go of your past to try something new. Yeah. Like, I yeah. Just, yeah I want Which is a great advice to, to the new drinker because they, some people order things like that because they don't know, not that they don't know any better, they just don't know anything. So they're yeah. like, uh, they get to bar like, uh, nah, 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 Long Island? And you're yeah. Like, all right, fine. And yeah. Also, it has here. all the ingredients in it. So yeah. it, it, is, it is also a <laughs> bit tedious. Right, right. And, and the same here, I don't think at this point I've made all drinks maybe a thousand times over. So, I'm not, it's, I can make whatever, just, if you want it, fine. You, you got it. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Yeah, so, if you had asked me like three years ago, I probably would have said like mojito uh, or something, but I don't yeah. care. Right. Yeah, I'm like, because people say, like, do you hate making mojitos? I always get that question. I'm like, no, I, I make it all the time. Right. So I have it down to a science. This drink will be in your face in two seconds. There you go. <laughs> the, only, so, the only thing I hate about mojitos, but really, it's not just mojitos. It's kind of summer in general. Oh, is, yeah. Is mint itself mm. oh, is a mint. pain in the butt. Really? Yeah, just like as a garnish. Because it, it, like, you have to be really good to it. Like, you have to talk to it real sweet. So <laughs> it doesn't, like, wilt in the middle of your shift. Yeah. And, like, it goes bad really fast. And then, inevitably, you just get, like, sad, crushed-up mint stuck in everything. Yeah. <laughs> the sad mint. So it's not the mojito's fault. 
It's the men's fault. The men just yeah. want you. Yeah. It's good to know. The worst. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm really? intolerant to men, so this makes me happy. So you are not a problem. Yep. Mm-mm. Fall is a problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. I've already made, I don't know how many old fashions within this last week. I mean, and that's oh, a yeah. thing. It's, it's not hard to make, but if somebody's on a kick, I, I've done it like you... Somebody come in one or two here, and then you get five more on the side. Right. I'm like, I love that you like this really boozy cocktail. I love making them. It's in my wheelhouse. I think it's fantastic. But I, I know you people know something else about whiskey. <laughs> well, There's another they, whiskey cocktail out there for you. I promise. Old Let me fashions make are totally like the yawn of the cocktail menu. Yeah. And but like the contain, like as soon as somebody at a table, they're like, oh yeah, old fashioned. Let's do that. Yeah. yeah. And then one turns into six, and you're like, oh crap, you couldn't just order them all at once. Yeah. It's just it's a. <laughs> It's one of those things I I do enjoy making them, but sometimes it does get a tad a bit much because yeah. you you try to tell people, well, here's another one you might want to get into or try, or here, do you like gin? And they don't want to do that or something on, on those lines. But yeah, I don't know. I don't really hate making anything anymore. Yeah. It's just kind of they're there. That brings us to the end of our long-awaited, at least for us. For us, yes. We've been trying for a few months. I know. Uh, Women in the alcohol industry episode. Like we said, after we recorded this in the studio, we uh, went and had a cocktail hour, and we recorded some more with some even more fantastic women in this industry. So that episode will be coming up soon. Um, In the meantime, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast and on Instagram at stuffmomnevertoldyou. Thanks as always to our super producer Andrew Howard. Andrew? Thanks to our interviewees. Yeah, thanks Katie and Keisha. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Owner Told You is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 